Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, we're recording and we're going to talk about traveling. So it's the, the bans on travel are lifted and people are moving and they're flying. And actually in the last two and a half weeks, I've taken five flights. Wow. It is Back like, to your normal uh, regularly yeah. scheduled program. I forgot I used to have this little thing on my notes that I would just like mark everywhere I went. And I was like, oh, I need to look back at 2020. And I had like nothing to nowhere to go. I actually did go to Austin in November 2020. And then I think that was it. Then I guess the 27th of December, I went to Mexico. But since then, I've been all over. And we had somebody in the Facebook group. If you go to thebestlifepodcast.com, join our Facebook group. We have some great conversations and great women in there. And definitely you guys should like talk to each other and network with each other. Just side note. Um, Because if you listen to us and someone else does, you probably have things in common. But um, Anne said she wanted to request an episode on travel and like our favorite cities and things to do and all the things. And while I don't know if we're necessarily the travel experts, we do travel a lot. And Jill also mentioned, well, she has a live event this week. And so people are traveling into it, to the event. I'm always surprised at how many, and like, I hope this doesn't come off offensive, but like how many grown women have never traveled alone even. And I remember, I'm trying to think if I, I mean, I had definitely traveled alone. So my parents, so I think most of you guys know that my parents split when I was young and then my dad moved to Florida. I was living in Boston. My dad moved to Florida when I was five. So I was literally put on a plane when I was five to go to Florida. So I've been traveling alone Do you <laughs> remember back five. then? And they like, they give you the little pins, yep. the little wing pins. Yep. I remember I just had this little Walkman and I would listen to Janet Jackson the whole time on my Walkman. <laughs> Janet Jackson. And, um, you know, so, but it wasn't until 2014 after I found out about my ex-husband's affair that I started just taking the fuck off. Mm. I was literally like, all right. So, one of the things that happened after I found out about my husband's affair was we kind of decided to stay together to sort of work on things. Again, if you guys have not listened to episodes two and three, go back and listen to those. Um, at the time, he uh, the affair was over. So it was like a really weird sort of situation to be in. I think if you've maybe experienced infidelity yourself, sometimes most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, it's happening in real time. So you're kind of like, okay, my partners actively having an affair, I'm going to leave now, or it just feels easier. But it was a weird like position to be in. So I remember a couple of months into that, my ex-husband was, he got a job in Los Angeles. So we're in North Carolina. He got a job in Los Angeles that was going to take him away for about uh, three months. It was like an in-person sort of gig fitness thing. And I was like, ooh, that's so exciting. Like we can go to LA and like live there for three months. And I remember him saying to me verbatim, well, just because I'm going doesn't mean like, why do you come the whole time? I know it sounds like really harsh and he's probably like mortified that he said that, but also like he was also at the point where like he was dealing a lot of his own stuff. I was fucking crushed because I'm like, why have I built this business to be location independent, Uh to be able to work from wherever? Looking back on it, like I think he'd probably be like mortified to hear this conversation right now because he's such a different person now. 
But I remember hearing that and just being like so hurt by that, like almost more hurt by that than like actually the affair. Um, like I wasn't included in his life because I'm like, otherwise, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Are we, yeah. are, are we married or not married, yeah. right? So literally I was, <laughs> I was in North Carolina staying in a big house by myself and I would fly out like, he's like, you know, I mean, you can come out and like hang for a little bit, but like, why are you going to be there the whole time? So I would fly out and I'd be out for like a week or two. Then I'd go back to North Carolina and I wasn't doing anything there. I was literally just working on the internet. And so I remember, and this is like, this is my little like kind of, kind of base level dig. But I remember being like, well, we've always talked about going to Italy. I'm just going to go myself. <laughs> right like I'm just gonna go myself and like looking back it was a little bit of a dickhead thing but it was like my kind of like poke my sort of response my rebuttal and I booked just on a whim I booked two weeks to the Amalfi Coast for myself and I was like yep I'm going sorry oops you got work in LA you can't come like whatever I'm going myself and the whole time I'm like talking this big game and I'm so fucking terrified I'm like first of all I don't speak Italian second of all I've never traveled internationally myself to somewhere where it doesn't I like don't speak the language I'm going to this tiny little town in the middle of fucking nowhere. It wasn't like going to Rome or something. Right. I'm going to like this tiny little town. And it was, it was, Amal- it was literally Amalfi, which is the, the tiny town. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to go and figure it out. But here's what happened. And I think I might've mentioned this on another podcast the whole time, the entire two weeks I was gone. I was so uncomfortable the entire time. Like Italian men are very emotive and like they would just literally approach me on the street and like, can I come to my house? I want to cook dinner for you. I want to like, I want to like make you feel special. You're a princess, like all this kind of stuff, which is really sweet. But I remember just like all the time feeling so uncomfortable, did not speak the language. Like I'm, I'm, and also I'm still heartbroken. And I flew back after two weeks being there and I got into JFK before I had to fly back to North Carolina. And I remember getting on the phone with my dad. And I was like, hey, I'm back in the States. And I, he was like, well, how was it? And I was like, I feel incredible. The entire time. It was like a huge adrenaline rush the entire two weeks. But I remember coming back and being like, I am a badass bitch who can do fucking anything. Yes. I was just like this huge, like surge of just like self-confidence, self-efficacy, self-esteem, like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that. I remember before then I actually went to dinner by myself and that was like really scary because I had never even done that before. And so it's these small things that maybe some of us just get to adulthood. We get to our thirties, we get to our forties and we've never traveled alone. We've never gone to a different country alone. And why would we, if you're in a, if you're married from like, you know, a young age, Mm -hmm. you probably never, or maybe had a boyfriend before, whatever, a partner, and I remember just having that experience. Then after that, it was on. Like I went to, I lived in Australia for a month by myself. I went to Europe for nine weeks, like whatever. It was totally on, but I, that first time. And so if you're listening to this and you've never done that before, just start small. Like if you're like, yeah. that sounds amazing. It feels, ter- it sounds terrifying, but I can tell you, and I'm sure Danny would say the same thing. There's so much empowerment that happens when you see yourself, like almost looking down on yourself being like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that. It Now it seems like a small thing to me because I, I did, I traveled a lot now alone, but back then it was huge. And so even just start like, go to an Airbnb for a couple nights by yourself. I mean, yep. like just have that experience of just being lonely, even like enduring it, being like, I'm my own company. What does that look like? And so if you've never traveled alone, I do think that it is worth it. There is something so empowering about traveling alone and traveling internationally. It does make you feel like a badass. You're like, you don't know what you're doing. There's a language you don't speak. And back then there wasn't like Google Translate and apps the way there are now to travel around. Like you had to have actual maps and 
try to figure out the language and decipher it in whatever way you can. So you feel so terrified, like everything you described, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> and at the same time, when you're done, even though in the moment, if somebody asks you how you're doing, kind of like arrhythmia, how, how do you like it? it? Like, I hate it. And then I hate it. I I'm like, home. okay, that was great. Literally, I, I want to come home the entire time. <laughs> but it's like, once you're done, you're going, oh my God, I did that. Like I did that. That was me who went there and did the thing. There is my first, like I grew up not traveling, um, did a couple, my parents were divorced for a couple years. And so we did a couple of, uh, get on the flights by myself at eight years old. Um, but prior, I mean, other than that, no vacations or anything. And when I was 18, 19, I flew to Europe. One of my, I was a gymnastics coach when I was 17 and, uh, a gal that I coached with, her husband was a military. He went to England and she kept inviting me. She's like, come out, come out. Like you would stay for free. You just have to pay your way. So, I flew to Europe and then I took uh, three months off and I spent one month, I got a Eurail pass, which I don't know if they have those still, but you could buy these different kind of passes and it was like a train pass. So the one I got was for five countries. And basically it was like, you can get on and off at any time. It was probably like $300, which was a ton of money for me at the time. And so I went with no agenda. I just had a Eurail pass and I knew when I got there and when I was leaving, which was three months later, but I spent a month in mainland Europe kind of doing my own thing. I did not, I, I grew up in Las Vegas, not like New York where they have subway. I never rode a train before either. So trying to figure all that out, having a backpack, no internet, cause this was 2000 or 99, yeah, 2000 or 2001. Um, no internet. So I'm reading maps, figuring it out, but I felt Did you have to go to like internet cafes. <laughs> yes. And they were so slow. You'd have to pay like $20 <laughs> and I'd check my hotmail like, mom, I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was so true though. You did. But you like, I figured it out. I had no idea what I was doing. I spoke a little bit of French, but that didn't matter in all the other countries. Wait. And, and, and you, I felt so good. And after that, it was not so scary, you know? And so you and I travel a lot and I've gotten to a point where it's funny because I just went, I just got home from a family vacation to Miami and my parents never travel. So they got to Miami before I did. Luckily I missed that whole first airport scenario, but I have like TSA pre-check so I could get through faster. I used to have clear before 2020 because that gets you to the front of the line. Cause I'm like, I don't have to deal with lines. I just want to go straight to the front of the line. Now there's no line. So it's good for, it's all good. But I, I get to a place where I travel so much. I get annoyed if I'm with people who don't, cause I'm like, why do you have water in your bag? You need to take that shit out. Take your, <laughs> take your shoes off. Why is your belt? Why don't you have like, clear? Dad, why is your wallet in your pocket? What are you doing? Like get, get with the program. Um, but there are things that you just, it's stressful. So when we left Miami, I left with my family. Now, mind you, this was my mom and my dad, my mom who has cancer, brain cancer, who was like not all there mentally. And she broke her arms and she's in a wheelchair. My dad who doesn't travel. And then my brother who has six children. So I'm like, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> Dude, that's a traveling circus. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily it wasn't as bad as it, like they didn't make all the kids take their shoes off. Thank God. Cause that would have taken 40 minutes just put getting kids shoes on and off. And I don't think they t- made my mom take her shoes off either. Um, but it's just, it's a lot. So, and you can see how dynamics play out. People get stressed. People are yelling at each other. You're in line, you're taking stuff off and you know, people are waiting on you. So it can be super intimidating. And I know that's really intimidating. And then airports, you get to an airport and you don't know where to go. There's signs that are just like ticketing, passenger pickup, gates, A, B, C, D, F. Like there's letters and there's numbers. You don't know what, there's so much that it can be so overwhelming and scary. 
And I think that's one of the things that once you figure it out, that's how you feel so empowered because it is a lot and it's not easy to do, but it's not, not easy. It's just practice like anything else. It's like, okay, you know, you go to, you follow the signs to baggage claim or you follow the signs to the gate and you have to look at your ticket and figure out what's next. And people usually tell you, you know, they're like, all right, you need to get out your ID here. You need to take off your shoes here. And you figure out the pro- the process. And when you do it enough, like me or Jill, then you already know what you're doing. So you do kind of get annoyed at people going slow. But I also, <laughs> I, I don't make people feel bad. That's why I just got clear to skip all the new newbies. But just like anything, um, it's worth learning you know, to travel and to be able to leave your backyard and go somewhere else. Not only do you get that sense of accomplishment and confidence, but you, I feel like you just learn so much by seeing another place, even another city. I mean, my first time in New York city, I had been to like eight or nine countries in Europe before I went to New York city. And I was more terrified to go to New York city than another country, just because I think of what I seen on TV and subways. I was really scared of New York. Um, so I think and it was fantastic and it was easier than I thought it was. But I think even to go to bigger or different cities can be so eye-opening. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York, Austin, Dallas, like Chicago, going to cities like that just to see how things run because it is, we're all in America and, and those cities, but they're all so, so different. Like there's a lot of nuances to each place. What would be your biggest tip for someone who wants to travel more like anything like logistically I mean you and I are I mean I think I'm worse at like packing oh god no like Shantae posted uh the movie maestro you guys follow she posted something like last week when she was going somewhere and she was like here's how I pack and she was like first of all make a list of everything you need to put in your bag and I was like what (laughs) and I remember I responded back to her and I was like lol you mean throwing everything in a huge pile on your bed and folding it in half one time and putting in your bag isn't the way you pack dude I flew out to LA yesterday from Vegas it took me like seven hours to pack I can never this is my big thing is thinking ahead what do I want to wear on Thursday? What do I want to wear on Friday? I can't think like that. I'm like, what if I feel like I don't know what the weather's going to be? I don't, I'm horrible at packing. I don't think that, I don't understand packing without a glass of wine. Like that's, I don't oh, understand that's, that. That's, that's true. Or unpacking by the way and like putting clothes away. But I remember her say that she's, you know, Shantae and I are very similar, but she's so much more particular and prepared than I am. I would say, and this is just funny because this is, and I think I'm like you, I love convenience Mm -hmm. and you know, if you don't travel a lot, you're not going to have a lot of the perks of traveling. You're not going to get clear membership. You're not going to get pre-check. Like, why would you? I just got global entry to Danny's. (laughs) Danny's been like on me for the last couple of years. Like, why don't you have pre-check? And I just was lazy. Global entry. And now the credit card that I have is a, um, it's a miles card with Delta. And the one I have is like, I think their top one. I think I pay maybe $500 a year or something for it. But I have lounge access all the time. And so now if I go with Keith and we're like at the airport, he's like, oh, do you want to grab some food? I'm like, yeah, let's go to the lounge. Yep. Like even if it's for like 15 minutes, I'm like, just fucking go to the lounge. We'll get the free food in the lounge. Like I have such like low tolerance for it. And this sounds like super elitist, but it's like because you travel so much, you're willing to spend. I won't spend money on other stuff. Yeah. But I'll spend money on this stuff because it makes things so much better. You know, you're sitting at the lounge, having food, having drinks, having Wi-Fi access, like 
and just being able to like work, yep. you know, and be productive and things like that. I also do. And so a couple of things that I would say, if you guys are interested in traveling more, number one is get to the airport early. Now, not like, so you don't like, if you know your routine and you have clear and all these other kind of things, you don't have to worry about as much, but it's funny because someone gave me this tip years ago and I hate getting Like I'm not a big, like, get, like prepared person, but I started getting to the airport a little earlier and it's been so good. It's always the right choice because here's the thing. You're just sitting at home waiting to go anyway, yeah. unless it's at like six in the morning, yeah. right? Let's say you have a flight at like three in the afternoon. You're just sitting at home waiting to go. Just yeah. go because yeah. you can work there. You have your laptop there. You can listen to podcasts there. You can do all the things you would normally be doing at home at the airport, like at least for me. So getting there early, setting up shop, working if I need to, it eliminate has eliminated so much stress. Like whenever I'm at the airport and I see someone behind me who's like rushing through the line and being like, can I cut in front of you? I'm like, yes. And I'm so happy I'm not you right now. <laughs> like so it's true. so good. The other thing I would recommend is if you do, if you are someone who works a lot, like us on our computers or even on your phone and you need Wi-Fi access is if you fly the same airline a lot, I would just go ahead and get their monthly Wi-Fi subscription because mm -hmm. oftentimes they just, if you're getting like little here and there, I was on Delta flight like two weeks ago. And I remember just even getting a pass for the actual flight I was on was like $30. So it's basically mm -hmm. like for 30 bucks, you can have access to Wi-Fi the entire five hours we're coming back from New York. Yeah. I pay $50 a month and it's just all the time, any flight, any, any time. And so, especially because I'm traveling more now, I just like the convenience of having that. Sure. It ends up being 600 bucks a year. Yeah but I don't have to pay these little like rinky dink, like yeah. sort of like nickel and dime prices. There's like, I mean, you could pay $10 for like 30 minutes of texting access. And you're like, why would I pay that? Yeah. Did you know T-Mobile gives you free Wi-Fi air access for an hour though? Yeah. It's just an hour, but I get that. Yeah. I think Keith has that too. Um, I like those. It's funny that, <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I want to say 2018, I would have disagreed with you on getting there early. Only if you're me, not, I wouldn't, I would always give the advice, get there early, except me. I wanted to be, I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to stand in line. I would be the last person, the last person on the plane. And because I, I fly Southwest a lot, it's choose your own seats. I know if I'm last on, the middle seats are going to be open. I could just grab a middle seat at the front because I'm traveling single and then I get off the plane. So I would be the last person on the plane, first person off. Now I do things a little different. I try to get on early so I can grab my seat, get an aisle seat, and then get on, get on early and, and off early. Um, but one thing I would suggest is like having a, this is one thing I do have. And I just always have it packed is my toiletry bag it is literally always ready to go. So I don't dick around because so many times, how many times have you traveled and you forgot a toothbrush or deodorant or something? So Monster I have, yeah, like something happens. I have a toiletry bag that is always packed. So I literally just always throw that in my suitcase or throw it in my carry on or whatever, but I never have to go, oh, did I pack my toothbrush? Oh, did I pack my deodorant? Like that shit's just always done. So that's like a done deal. Unless by some stupid idiotic thing and I accidentally pulled something out of it and then I'm pissed at myself. But having a toiletry bag always packed. I do, like you said, pay, like to pay, like the reason I paid for clear. And if you don't know what clear is, it is basically you don't have to pull out your ID. They'll either scan your fingers or your eyes and then they have you cut to the front of the line in, in security in security, and then you're just in. So I could just check my bag and then go straight up and then I'm already in the airport. Now there's not really any lines to cut in front of. There so. was like actually at LAX, there was like major lines there? this last time we were there. Ooh. Yeah. It has been it's picking up. It has been picking up. Even today I was thinking about it and 
I saw the clear people just standing there twiddling their thumbs and I was like, oh, there's no line. Once I start seeing lines, I'll, I'll pay for it yeah. again. But it's worth it. It's like 160 a year or something like that. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that seems like a lot of money. And I'm already TSA pre-check. But then pre-check lines started getting long. Yep. And I'm like, all right. I, now you need both. I don't do lines. Because <laughs> you can do pre-check and clear. Yes. The pre-check is, is golden because you don't take shit out. You don't take your shoes yes, off. Yes, shoes off is huge. Worse. Um, you know, and I think I like having the bags packed ahead of time. Um, I'm not like having extra chargers I need because usually I'm dicking around on my phone or something during the flight and my battery runs out. So I have a couple of like literally in front of me, extra chargers, <laughs> <laughs> like, like mobile chargers. Yes. Like uh, extra phone chargers because the worst thing is if you land somewhere and you need to call an Uber or something and your phone's dead. Then you have to go find an outlet somewhere and sit there for 20 minutes while your phone charges so you can get to the next place. So having chargers charged up is huge. And so, and I've left these so many places. I've lost so many chargers, but I always have to buy more because they are crucial. Um, but what are, some of, what are some, some of your favorite places? Gosh, I mean... You and I have been to Sydney together. I think that's one of my favorite places. I love, love Australia. I mean, I have a lot of places that I want to go. I don't know if this is – I mean, you go. You've been to – You. so if you guys don't know, Danny visited 30 countries by her 30th birthday, mm-hmm. which is fucking a ton. I think you're like, oh, 30 is not that many. But you think about, like, actually going there, like, that's a lot. And I know your fa- one of your favorite places was Vietnam. I love Vietnam. Yeah. Love Vietnam. You know uh, – Where did you not like – I don't love Costa Rica and people fucking love Costa Rica. Yeah, I didn't. Costa Rica wasn't the best. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was somewhere relatively recently that I was like, eh. You know what I've, what's really shocked me more recently is Mexico. There's a lot of different places in Mexico. Puerto Vallarta, Cabo, Cancun, Tulum. And I feel like Mexico is really underrated. There's just so many places you can go in Mexico. Uh, Even... I mean, like, not that you want to go to uh, Tijuana, but there's just a lot of different places you can do in Mexico, which is, I think if you're going to do international travel and you're like a newbie, it's like a good, you're still in the same continent. You're still in similar time zones. It's a different language. However, they're used to having Americans. They're like, that's a good beginner international place to go is Mexico. I feel like everyone's been to Cancun like for like summer break. I've actually or... never been to Cancun still. Oh, really? Well, I, I, I went my Can- sophomore year of high I, school. I college. flew to Cancun to go to Tulum this year, but we just flew and then drove to Tulum. But I still haven't really done Cancun. We're doing Cabo in three weeks. Can't wait. I love Cabo. Me too. Um, but yeah. I, I w- always in my mind my favorite place and I always say is Latvia, but it's been since 2006 that I've been there and I, I need to go back to revisit that because maybe I won't like it as much. (laughs) Um, but Vietnam I really loved because they have amazing food, so ridiculously cheap, everything like massages for 10, $15, I was like, I need to just live here and get a massage every single day. (laughs) Um, Literally, you can get a whole meal. I went with two friends and my ex-husband, and we would get like four on the four of us, four entrees, like two drinks each. Sometimes we'd get two entrees each because they were kind of small. And like the whole meal for everyone was like $15. And there's beaches. Like it's just, it's very, 
I don't want to say underrated. I just feel like most people don't even hear about it or know about it. Like we see Thailand. I think a lot of people want to go to Thailand, but they think there's some really, really cool places in Vietnam. And I would, I actually, in 2020, we were planning on going back and then all the 2020 got, got canceled. Um, but I just, I like to travel. I like to see other places. I like to see how people live. And, um, I don't know. I do feel, I still feel really empowered when I travel by myself. I do too. And I also feel like just even exposing yourself to other cultures too. Like you might not, like, I don't know. Every time I go to Europe, I love Europe so much, but I'm like, I need to be back in the States where I can get like a huge fucking salad. <laughs> right? Like they just don't have, they don't have like a lot of like vegetables and stuff. I mean, they do, but like, I don't have a huge salad. I want to be able to go to Whole Foods, like get a huge coffee. I mean, tiny coffees in Europe. So there's always those things, but I do always appreciate learning about different cultures, you know? So going there and just, so you might be like, I don't want to live here, yep. but it does get you out of your comfort zone, which I really appreciate. Cause you're also just like, I remember I went, um, it was ironic. I actually went on a, I went on a two week trip to Europe in late 2015, ironically with a girl who Keith used to date, who's in the fitness industry which is ironic because they dated like years ago. They probably dated like 15 years ago. So obviously neither one of them knew me at the time, but she was traveling a lot. She was single at the time. I was single. I was traveling a lot. So we're like, hey, let's just meet up. And we end up going to like um, Spain, Portugal and France together. And I remember at the time she just was speaking English the whole time. And I was really trying to like, do you like try to like learn the language at least learn like thank you and please mm -hmm. and I'm sorry like just some of the basics you know and I remember her just like not at all trying and I was like so I don't know which people prefer I mean I think especially when I'm in Paris they're always like please just speak in English because our English is way better than you trying to speak French right now dude that is the thing I hated the most I took seven years of French I still I couldn't wanted communicate. to use it and then a few times I tried and they were just speak back to me the, in English I'm like let me practice so, their English is so much better they're literally like looking at their they're like this is great but also like I have to get to these other tables. So what the fuck? <laughs> I still to this day am pissed at my mom for making me take French. I was like the waste, a waste. Even if you go to France, they don't even want you to speak French. It's the they worst. don't, they don't, especially in Paris. They're like, they just don't have the time, which I, I get it, you yeah. know, but it's funny because I was like, I don't know if they want you to try and speak yeah. or just like they can speak. They just speak so much better English than we do. I thought of one place that's not the best that I wouldn't recommend, but I would at the same time, Cambodia. It's very, very third world. And it was very eye-opening. Um, it's not a place you'd like to go on vacation, but it was, it gave me so much perspective on real poverty and real struggle and real things. I just like the houses people lived in. And I, I can't even say there were houses. People were living in like pieces of corrugated metal just pushed together. And s the smell, I could still smell, it's like sewage because there's just no yeah, trash. No, like, sewer People going to the bathroom in the street, they're living off the street, they're begging for money. Um, they don't live in any homes, like because I was on a train, so we stopped in some of these small towns. And it was horrifying and so eye-opening. Because I don't know, like you go in the like ghetto in your town or something like the poor part of town and you think, oh, this is like, oh, people live in a rough part. And even the homeless people in Los Angeles who live in tents have better like living situations than what I saw in Cambodia. So it was super eye-opening and um, it really shifted my perspective a lot. And I came home with a lot less patience and tolerance for people complaining about injustice. <laughs> 
<laughs> or things being unfair or anything. And I think sometimes travel can help you see things in a different way. Um, yes. You know, what, I, what I think is what I thought was poor before vastly changed when I went to Cambodia and even Guatemala and some other like like Central American countries. I think the perspective that you get from travel, like Jill said earlier, is you may not necessarily want to live there, but it can either make you appreciate where you live more. It will at the very least give you a different perspective of what is really out there in the world. Like America is a bubble. It's a different, it's, it's different everywhere. You know, what I really appreciated, especially about Europe was just the pace, you know, like when I was in Italy, they would take a like I like siesta like every afternoon you know and same thing in Spain like I'd like I tried to go to the pharmacy and it was like nope we're closed for like our afternoon literally we're like closed and then it wasn't it was just like we'll open whenever we open up it's not like a a firm will be back at four (laughs) it was literally like we'll open up whenever I think they really prioritize and I'm not sure some of you guys listeners probably live in Europe and or at least the UK like and I appreciated the pace I appreciated you know a lot of the um the focus on downtime and focus on re like, you know, like, and Spain is really interesting. If you guys have been there, it's like, they don't eat dinner till like 11 or midnight every night. And then they sleep until like 10 or 11 in the morning. Like you'd work, you'd, you'd fit in fine. I was going to say, I must've been (laughs) Spanish and not (laughs) switched at birth. (laughs) Yeah. So like that's, so I was like, okay, it feels really nice too, especially in, also in Paris. Like if you guys have been to cafes in Paris or, you know, of them, they, you don't eat there. Like literally you just go there. So I remember I was there with Nagar, Nagar Fanuni in 2016 and, or 2015. And we were just like sitting out around like 4 5 o'clock. And then as soon as like people just got out of work at five, they would just go to the cafe and sit and like sit, have a drink, cigarette and talk. And I'm like, this is the kind of culture I can get on board with. Like, fuck food. You know, <laughs> I identify as a European. That's my new thing. I mean, you they do. They nap from like two to four. They don't really like, they're like, yeah, they walk a lot. They, I mean, I don't, maybe we're sounding like super just naive to you guys who maybe live over there. But it's been it's been really cool to, to just experience other cultures. And it just lets you appreciate different things that you want to maybe take back to the States. Yep. The, the only other tip I could think of is... Um, you know, when you're flying, I'm not one to book way, way far in advance. I know there's always this like, how far ahead should you book a flight? And so I'm going to be going to Bali in October. And one of the girls who's going to be participating in this retreat, I just talked to her. And right now, as of recording, this is May. And she was looking at booking for October. And I was like, whoa, that's my style. <laughs> oh, see, for me, I would be like, okay, September, I start looking. But as far as pricing goes, if you book less than two weeks, the prices generally go up pretty high. So I try to book at least two weeks, like two to four weeks is usually my sweet spot on booking a flight. Jill definitely books way for, well, you booked Cabo like like in February. I was like, why are you doing that? I wouldn't. Do- I loved it because, you know, at least I would, would like- book, I would be booking it this week. <laughs> you know what? I, I know that with airlines right now, the airlines right now are actually doing no change fees. And I know right. Southwest never does change fees, but Delta has not been doing change fees all year. So I've actually just been booking stuff because the pricing has been really good. And I've actually changed a whole bunch of my flights just, but there's no change fees. So yeah. I'm just like, well. See, that's what's beautiful, actually. If you do no change fees, and this is one of the things, the reason I like um, status with Southwest too. Well, I think it doesn't matter if you have status or not, but I'll book my cheapest flight and then I could change it and not have to worry about any fees. Or 
like for Southwest. I mean, you have to pay the, the if there's a price difference, difference you yeah. have to pay. For Southwest, though, I could do same-day standby. So what I'll often do is book the latest flight, which is generally pretty cheap. And then if I feel like leaving earlier, I'll just go do a standby flight and hang out. And then I usually get on relatively easily. Yeah, because you're in status. Yeah. Well, so. one thing that – so because I have status with Delta, and if you guys if you guys travel a lot, you need to have a car, like you need to have a credit card that's associated with the airline. Um, with Delta, I usually just book – Maine, like I'll, I'll book Maine, like every once in a while, like, like for example, Dan and I are going to Cabo next month and I booked us first class because I'm like, all right, we're going to Mexico, like whatever. Did you? But for the most time, I, I don't because like I would say probably 70, 80% of the time I get upgraded to first class because of status. So if you travel any sort of, you know, consistently have a card that you can get that bump because I mean, I probably get upgraded most of the time to first class. First class. Yeah. That's the one thing Southwest doesn't have. Your status just means you get in line earlier. <laughs> and I guess there's a few other perks, but mostly just lines. Well, anyway, this kind of went all over the place. Yeah, but it's fun. I'd, I'd love to hear where y'all like to travel. If you have big places you'd like to go, maybe go to the Facebook group, thebestlifepodcast.com, and um, let us know where you want to go after, you know, after 2020. Where are you itching mm-hmm. to go to? Or where was the first place you traveled to? Uh, my first place was, I guess, Austin. So I'm excited to hear it and uh, let's do it. Have a good one, y'all. Yeah. Bye. Bye.